Welcome to Dragon Talk. Here I am. I missed that. With my co-host, Shelly Mazanoble. Woo! Giving me the slow clap. It's getting faster. It's getting faster. <laughs> I missed that. Every now and again when I was home in New York, I would just hear in my head, Welcome to Dragon Talk. <laughs> now I want to like record the, the like have the audio of that be like playing uh, with like text messages and stuff so that every single time you got a buzz on your phone, it wasn't just like a random hey, bub. It was that's a great idea. Welcome to Dragon we Talk. We can do ringtones. Can't we do ringtones? Yeah. That's like totally a early aughts thing we can do. Doing rocks fall. <laughs> Everyone dies. Is that your impression of me? Yeah. Is that what I sound like? Uh, you know I'm the queen of impressions. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, we missed I'm you. I'm Greg Tito. We, I know. We put out like two episodes uh, without your, your dulcet tones Sad. on the intro. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I know, right? Just you? Just me. Did you have anyone? I didn't. I, I had the people in this room. Well, you had the support and we love. had we had tears streaming down everyone's eyes in the chat when they're like, "Why your is tweets Shelley made me here? sad when they would." I'm supposed to be recording. <laughs> I totally. Oh, that I was actually, a guilty one. I like just. It really I, was. Yeah. Like, should I call? Should I Skype? What oh, should I do? Can you do that next time? It, you just. I mean, it. I would have to like time like my day drinking around yes. that. Let's, that, all right. Well, that so that you could be as as optimally as lubricated as possible. as possible. Yeah, exactly. My mom could have done it too. Oh my gosh, she could have been there. Next time, next time my you dad. go back to the Tri City area. Oh, it's the triple cities. The triple cities. The triple Lutz. The triple Lindies. Triple Lutz. <laughs> the triple Lutz of upstate New York. Uh, well, I'm glad you're back. Me too. Uh, because we get to uh, only really hang out when we're on microphone together. I, so we never really, see each that's other. It's pretty much it. Never. We live. <laughs> Blocks away from It's nice. Uh, so I had to do this interview without you. I talked to uh, Serena Sorry. Marie and Brandon Stennis from Rivals of Waterdeep. I'm going to listen. You know, I can listen to this episode of Dragon Talk. That's right. You'll you know skip through through us. Well, I'm um, excited to hear about it. Cause... But they were adorable people. Uh, we rehashed how we talked to them uh, during our, how we met at the stream of many eyes. And, you know, that was their, the many of them first time streaming Dungeons know, Dragons at the same crazy. time. So uh, we got to learn about all their backgrounds. Are they having fun? Where they came from. They are having fun. Okay. Yeah. They don't regret signing up for this. <laughs> 100% they all regret. No, uh, no. And I got to see them in Chicago uh, yesterday uh, before the recording of this this intro here. Uh, and they were all great. They're all very excited, uh, very appreciative of, of what... The audience has been, uh, like, got, like, fan art immediately, which <gasps> everyone was, like, super excited about. And I, it's very surreal for them, so. It, wait, how come we haven't gotten any fan art? Wow, I think you just saying it just means that we will, potentially. I don't know if I want any. I know. Like, it's going to show up and it's going to be like, oh, gosh. I don't know if I. Is that what I look like on the video? That's how you see me? Is this how my voice sounds in, in visual form? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just going to be like, like nails on a chalkboard maybe, like as the visual. Maybe we do get fan art and Pelham intercepts it and he's like, that's just rude. Keep that away from Shelly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes total oh, sense. I don't, she can't see this. All right. Well, that, that'd be actually kind of cool. And uh, I, I, I appreciate in advance if anybody sends that in because I didn't – I never think, think that would be a possibility, but it could be. I mean, we're not like cool D&D characters. No, we're, we're not. Just, I'm just Greg. I'm just Shelly. <laughs> we're just Dragon Talk. Uh, but we are, uh, you know, excited to, to talk to more and more people. I got, I'm booking lots of more interviews coming up, so uh, I can't wait for, for the, our Dragon Talk adventures to continue. Me too. Right? What's going on? Uh, yeah, because we do have to eventually get to some news and or announcements yeah, that people are getting some, to. I feel like I'm excited to hear the news because I 
things have happened in two weeks that I probably... It's going to be exactly the same okay. <laughs> since the last time we recorded. No, not at all, because we have... Uh, there's an Unearthed Arcana out uh, in the wild already. Whoa. By the time you listen to this on the podcast, uh, it will be a couple of uh, weeks out. Uh, and you can probably play with it on the D&D Beyond, because it takes a week later before the oh, yeah. playtest version will get up there. So it was released on Monday, uh, August 13th. It's got four playable races that are going to be in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, uh, which is coming out this fall uh, in uh, November. November 9th, it'll be in game stores. Remember? You remember what the Ravnica product is? Yes. You know what's going I've on? i heard about this. What is it? It is a this D&D is a magic crossover. <gasps> nice. Set where? Ravnica? That's right. But oh. what about Ravnica? What's so cool about it? It's D&D. It's magic. And magic. Yeah, together. Yeah. In one. Right. It's a big city and with all of these guilds uh, that uh, are in conflict and work together sometimes. Yeah. And Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica is all of the lore as well as the uh, backgrounds and races and things that you can play as one of these guilds. Uh, and they're all really iconic and totally different, but you can be guild members going on specific missions, talking to uh, the more notable folks in the guild, yes. such as the leaders and stuff. These are all stuff that you know. We had a great interview with we did. James. We did. And Jeremy. And Jeremy. And Keith Baker. And Keith Baker. But that product that we were talking about with Mr. Baker is the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron, which is available now on the Dungeon Masters Guild and yeah. on D&D Beyond. Shout out to Curse because I'm wearing the Curse shirt, and I actually just saw Adam Bradford here in the I office. Know. He's hanging out. Like a uh, he'll be he'll be sliving, living, sliving, sliving. That's sliving. that's saying live and streaming at the same time. He'll be slime stri- yes. sliming uh, from the D and D office uh, on Wednesday. Oh, uh, cool! Uh, which is the fifteenth. So if you are listening to this podcast form, you can watch that video. So it seems like a lot of people were excited about this uh, Aberon book. Absolutely, yeah, cool. it's really exciting. Doing really well. People are buying it up and uh, getting their their feedback out there for how this new uh, version of Aberon works for D and D fifth edition. Should be really exciting. cool. Today, or actually, no, I'm sorry, this week, uh, Adventures Outlined is out in game stores. It is? Yeah. I'm not, I, I would love to see pictures of it out in the wild. I haven't seen it out there yet, but it is an awesome coloring book with line art drawn by uh, Todd James, a.k.a. Reese, and with like little snippets of text uh, from Adam, uh, Adam Lee from oh, the D&D no. team. And uh, I just love this book, and I can't wait for more folks to draw in it and uh, uh, share what they, what they got. Well, we putting out details, but I think we want to do like a, a drawing, coloring contest yes. and uh, sh- share it all over on our Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams so you that people to. can see the creativity at work. Because this, I don't know, this book just screams creativity to me. Well, I'm going to get a copy. Bring it home to the Qster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to run the table. He's going to run the table with those crayons. Oh, big time. <laughs> he's going to be coloring on the table. I had to spend like $11 at an airport to buy him crayons. Whoa. That he didn't actually open on the airplane at all. <laughs> or he, he threw them at people. <laughs> he wouldn't. I mean, I would have been happy because then he would have actually used them. Ooh. But he insisted that he needed crayons. I need them. Okay. All right. Well, now you'll be able to get uh, Adventures Outline for him, too. And he will use those crayons on the plane I if also, I have anything to say about it. I also it. bought him a really expensive peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then happened to be sitting next to a woman with a peanut allergy. <sighs> so you like... 
put it all over his hands and like, yeah. like don't touch the lady. <laughs> <laughs> just wave it in front of her face. <laughs> if you smell it, do you get anaphylactic so shock? So they just announced, I've never been on an airplane where they actually have announced someone on board has a peanut allergy, so we're not serving peanuts. Interesting. And I was like, oh, whatever. I just got this expensive peanut butter sandwich that I've never bought him a peanut butter sandwich before. Ever. I've never experienced that before. And then I asked the flight plane. attendant when she came by, and I'm like, I have the sandwich. Should I not even open it and give it to my kid? I mean, she goes, oh, I don't I don't even know how serious this allergy is. And there was a guy across the aisle and he leaned over and he goes, her, pointing to the teenager sitting next to me, he goes, she's the one with the allergy. Oh. And I was like, whoa, noted, dad. Was it the dad that was trying to be like? Yeah. Oh. He was like, don't, like, the, you cannot open that sandwich next to my daughter. Wow. No. Wow. That could have been dangerous. I know I could have killed him. <laughs> Just because I was great. Just because you were, you had this really expensive peanut butter sandwich. I know. Nice. Uh, well, that I, I'm really struggling on a D and D segue with that, that has, one. That was. Um, she would have had, had a, a roll for do. a constitution check. Yes. <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Jeremy Crawford next time I have him out how we can uh, simulate allergies. I feel like into the D&D in universe, the adventure it's that that's Nathan not... was running us through, yeah, like there, this is something that could have come up in that, in that adventure. Yeah, the Anamantine Chef mm-hmm. adventure. The yeah, allergic chef. <laughs> the allergic chef. Yeah. Uh, speaking of something I'm not allergic to, which is reading. Hey, <laughs> the endless quest books are coming out very soon. That's awesome. Yeah, we've been having uh, proofs of these coming into the office for a while. They're really cool. Uh, they use a lot of D and D art within them, and lots of D and D lore. Yes, they're choose your own adventure books. Uh, there's four of them. They all come from a different class. Uh, so you can be a fighter, wizard, uh, thief, or cleric. I love that about them. They're all very different. Yep, very uh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. Pretty I'm cool. So the fighter one now. Great way to get, introduce uh, uh, kids to like at least the basic idea of what Dungeons and Dragons is. Also, it's not just for kids; it's for adults too. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I'm kind of happy about all this kid stuff going on. That's right, because we have chitlins, and they need the entertainments, and they need the D and D. But it's getting them, uh, I think, ready for this kind of storytelling, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, Waterdeep Dragon Heist is coming out uh, September 7th. It'll be in game stores everywhere else September 18th. We've got an awesome promotion called Podcasts of Waterdeep. We've done yeah. these for the last couple of releases. This one is looking to be really interesting. It's got um, uh, a lot of work done by Victoria Rogers and uh, Josh Peralt, uh, putting together a continuous storyline over 10 episodes of folks talking about uh, a, a a story, right? Like it goes from beginning, a middle, and an end. Ambitious project in an audio it, form. Yeah, and that's a lot of work. Bringing in a lot of uh, different creative folks from all areas. So uh, worth checking out. Uh, go to the website, uh, podcast of Waterdeep, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons website. Just search in there. I don't know the exact URL, but I will soon and uh, uh, put it in there and get everybody excited for it because. Uh, right around when uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist releases is when we'll be releasing all those on our Dungeon Delve podcast feed. So check That's them out. It's a great way to learn about some of the streamers and podcasters. Yeah, there's a lot of audio live play podcasters out there. And uh, they yes. do great work. And I've been hearing all the chatter from all the Dungeon Masters as they've been doing their machinations about how to make this continuous 10-episode story come to life with no. so many different moving parts. It looks really cool. It's like back in the day. Listening to your stories on the radio. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit like the more we go f- forward, the more we go backwards. It's yes. so cool. Yeah. 
Um, there's also uh, some fun stuff coming from our partners. Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms has a whole bunch of uh, storylines coming out for Tomb of Annihilation variants. They're going to kind of sunset the the main Tomb of Annihilation storyline with all these. Uh, Azaka Stormfang is a were-tiger that you can unlock. Uh, it might be what? over by the time you listen to this in podcast oh. form, but those of you who are listening to this live might be able to check it out. You can also check out Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms on mobile uh, for tablets on the iOS and Android tablets now. Uh, check that out. It's tons of fun stuff. Uh, Roll20 has got their character mancer, uh, so you can build characters within the Roll20 framework, which is cool. Uh, and then, of course, Neverwinter Ravenloft has been out uh, on PC. It'll be out on Xbox and PlayStation on August 28th. All the new content coming from Dungeons & Dragons goes through the 3D MMO of, uh, I'm sorry, of Neverwinter, but right now they're going Ravenloft uh, and actually allowing player characters to contend against the vampire lord Strahd himself, which is always cool. Um, And there's some other fun stuff that I just want to quickly highlight. Uh, WizKids uh, is always doing amazing miniatures. And yes. uh, they are going above and beyond for Ravnica. They're making all of these miniatures in the world of Ravnica for the Guildmaster's awesome. Guide to Ravnica product. Uh, so you'll be seeing, um, uh, you know, uh, models that you don't see in other D&D minis. And I don't think, to my knowledge, I don't think there's been any miniatures made for uh, Magic the Gathering. So it'd be really cool to see those in 3D form for yeah. the first time. Uh, Super cool. They'll be out soon, really releasing August 21st. Uh, there's five smaller minis uh, that you can get, so it's a set of collectibles, and then uh, the Niz Mezid, which is a red dragon, is a premium figure uh, that you'll be, you'll be able to get as well. He's the genius guildmaster of uh, well. the the guild. Is it? So that's pretty cool. Uh, and also, I just have to do a plug for this because it's so great. They're also making a ship, a sailing ship miniature. Uh, we saw this at the stream many eyes. They had a prototype of it, but it will be available for all very soon. It's uh, it's a lot. It's two hundred and fifty bucks, but it's seventeen inches tall, thirty three inches long, whoa, six and a half it's inches a wide, <laughs> and it it's you can have all of your maritime adventures happening on this ship. Oh uh, my god! Cool. I think that is this is a genius idea. I know. I love it. I, lo- I love complicated miniatures like this, you know, like seeing like a put it all train together. set and all this stuff. I think you have to put it together, yeah. But there will hopefully be instructions uh, and uh, make it all, have it all make sense. But they're really good about that. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for folks to check it out. That's cool. Uh, speaking of cool physical products, Beetle and Grimm is working with uh, uh, WizKids as well as some other of our partners to create a box. The Waterdeep Dragon Heist Platinum Edition. It'll have everything you need to run the adventure uh, in style. Can I say that? I guess I can say that. I'm just making yeah. up that as their tagline. You can run it in style. Uh, it'll have a whole bunch of physical goods, you know, some of the coins, uh, the dragon coins, as well as the uh, half moon uh, uh, oh, coins. Yeah, uh, like, I don't know if they're going to include that specifically, but like that kind of tactile uh, prop that brings you into the game is what the Platinum Editions are all about. They're going to blow up some of the art, uh, create some new art, uh, as well as. Uh, take the adventure apart and put it into sections so it's more easily run for no way. Uh, Dungeon Masters, uh, as well as just throwing in a whole bunch of minis from WizKids so that you can have all the stuff you need to run that adventure. So that's going to be really exciting. It's coming out on uh, in October, I believe. Um, High-quality battle maps, more miniatures, uh, all the things I just... All oh, and a premium box. DM screen, all in one box. Yeah, super cool. Check it out, beetleandgrims.com. Uh, for more information there, and uh, uh, I, I love think it. that would make a lovely gift for someone. It's going to be a great gift for someone for sure. Yeah, 
as like, here's you can run this, and this is all the things you need yeah. to run this amazing adventure. Yep. Yeah, I dig it. It's I cool. dig it. It looks really cool. Uh, Art and Arcana uh, is a uh, visual history from Ten Speed Press. That book is awesome. That book, we Hillary finally got has one on her desk. We got the proof. It's super yes. big. I showed it on D and D News last week. Super um, cool. Yeah, it's 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 a you know coffee table book, but like times ten because there's got so much artwork in it, and it tells yeah. a story from the beginning of D and D to I to now. It. I'm uh, so glad somebody did this book. I know, right? I yeah. know. Like, Long time coming. It's like basically taking all of the enthusiasm that Jefferson Tunlap has for yes. the art of Dungeons and Dragons and putting it and into all the history that Kurt Gould has about D and D in general. It's just in concentrated book form now. Yes, I love it. So you'll be able to check that out on October 23rd. Um, Another great gift. Yeah, right. We haven't even gotten to the gift sets yet. <gasps> we'll talk about that another time because I feel like that? I'm going crazy. But yeah, but there's gift sets coming down the pipe. Uh, You've announced that? We have. We okay. have really announced it for reals. Uh, there's one that's got the artwork from the original covers as well as uh, special new covers. Oh, my God, covers those covers. By Hydro 74. They are look so good. amazing. Intricate. We need posters. Ooh, maybe we'll we'll put some of these posters you back here. To. That'd be pretty cool. They're so cool. It's really awesome. Look, I would love that art. I, I do too. I would frame it up and hang it at my house. I'm putting it up right now. Right it's now, already, it's already up. I'm gonna. I'll see you later. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go hammer, hammer some, some stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Aaron's gonna be real surprised. Because <laughs> <No. she goes>, oh. <laughs> what I've been working There's on. There's a big battleship. <laughs> There's like a pile of laundry and like the dishes are piled up. It's like, hey, but we got new art on the wall. I actually didn't hang up the art. I just nailed nails in the wall. <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. Oh yeah. yeah. Nice. So love that. Uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think that's about it. We should throw it to uh, our lower you should know segments. Okay. Uh, I think I know what we actually talked about. Uh, yes, it is me and Mr. Chris Perkins talking about Breg and Darth. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So everything you want to know about Drow living on the surface world uh, in the city of Luskin and uh, in Waterdeep, you will find out right about now. Hello and welcome to another Lore You Should Know segment. I am Greg Tito and I am joined by uh, Lore Master Mr. Chris Perkins. Hello. How are you doing? Good evening. Today, uh, as we do on all of these uh, Lore You Should Know segments. Lore Fiction. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm slurring already. It's, it must be the early afternoon. I go into little bits of Dungeons and Dragons lore and talk about them so that you can use them in your game or uh, if you'd just like to know all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, today, we're going to talk about Bregan Diarth. Bregan Darth, yes. Um, which originated uh, out of the brain, I believe, of one R.A. Salvatore. Yes, Bob himself. Exactly. Uh, I think it was first discussed or very early discussed in the original Menzo Baranzan boxed set. Oh, that's where they were first mentioned? Yeah, I guess. If not sense. in a novel, yeah. I feel like Jorahxel was mentioned, but then it was expanded upon, right? Right. Yes. The Bregan and Dareth section in the original um, Men's and box, I think it was only like a page long, plus mm. Jorahxel's stat block. But what is Bregan and Dareth, you ask? Yes, what is it? What does this have to do with Menzo Baranzan? So, um, Menzo Baranzan's most powerful family is House Banray. And um, they've kind of ruled the roost in this drow city under deep under the Forgotten Realms for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And... As those of you who know Drow well enough know, it's a matriarchal society that worships a demon queen named Lolf. Um, but not surprisingly, within Drow society, there are elements that kind of uh, resist or rebuke the matriarchal system. 
right of houses exactly and, uh, yeah um, they're being and slaves and exactly. subservience right. to them that right. type of thing the, the idea that um, that males are subservient to females is definitely part of what makes the drow interesting yeah. as a race uh, but there is a member of house banray one jarlaxel by name who has never truly been satisfied with that arrangement mm-hmm. being a man a male in a female dominated society particularly one as smart and gifted as he right uh, he basically railed against that and so did a number of other drow um, male and female and so he spun off and created a mercenary company called Bregan Derth mind if I stop you there because I just I have a question to make sure make uh, people understand that you know if if in this society uh, you rail against that you're usually cast out immediately or sacrificed or sacrificed yeah. to become a drider in which case you don't have. well a dr- drider is something different that's the it's a test that you, a drow undergoes it's a test of loth and those who fail become driders um, but yes if you are if you are a male in drow society and you act willfully toward a female mm-hmm. you will be punished whipped cast out forced into manual labor mocked beaten abused killed skinned flayed whatever right what, whatever whatever is the it's passing never, fancy it's never pleasant and no usually not survived uh, rarely survived uh, unless they they want to make an example out of you and keep you around um, in misery mm-hmm. uh, but yeah basically uh, the the females Female drow tend to be bigger. They tend to be stronger. So they've got control of the society, as it were, and the males are subservient to them. And it doesn't matter where, where, what part of the strata you were born in. You could be a noble-born male drow. You are still beneath every other female drow in drow society, right. no matter their station. Right. Um, and that's a harsh reality for some. And, and then for Jarlaxle, for Jarlaxle, who's highborn, you know, he's he's a high he's a high ranking male within his house, and has a tremendous personality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was unsatisfactory. Uh, so he kind of spun off. He went off on his adventures and started up this mercenary company, which basically lives by its own code, mm-hmm. which is Jarlaxle's always right. And he's super cool, and we should all be like him. Let's follow him around and get into trouble and help people out, and or you know, make money and and become infamous, and basically just they're they're basically party boys, uh, <laughs> drow party boys living outside of drow society, doing whatever the they want, and not concerning themselves with what um, the matron mothers of. Right, and what do but what do the matron mothers? How how do they uh, uh, how do they respond to this? Yeah, yes, exactly. Most of them would just as soon wipe Bregendarth off the face of the world. Mm. Um, they Bregendarth is not a welcome addition to Drow society. Now, the only reason it has existed for so long is Jarlaxle's a badass for <laughs> starters, but because he's a member of House Banray. That has given him actually a fair amount of protection. Mm. His sisters kind of ignore his bad behavior um, and let him get away with this. They could probably put an end to it if they really, really tried. Um, But the thing about drow is (laughs) (laughs) the houses are – it's cutthroat. Um, 
there's this, this idea that a drow house is only as powerful as its enemies allow it to be. Right. And there's always this, not really a fear, but this concern in House Banray that they're going to be knocked off their pedestal one day by a lesser house. And um, they kind of allow Bregan Derth to exist to kind of show that we're in charge and we can do whatever we want. And if this is making you unhappy, good. Because we're the ones who are making the rules right, right now. Yes, exactly. We're making the rules. Is there also an element to that uh, Jarl Axel can be a useful tool yes. for House Banran? and that's the other thing, is he's actually really effective. Mm. And Bregan Derth, as a mercenary company, has been tremendously effective. A lot of problems that House Banray has been faced with, they basically just basically shuffed off to Bregan Derth and let Bregan Derth take care of it, and they have. Mm -hmm. Enemies will get killed mysteriously, assassinations galore. It's all on Bregan Derth, not House Banray. It's all Bregan Derth, bad boys. Um, yeah. So it is beneficial for them. They've they've sort of put aside their misgivings about this whole male-dominated fragment because they're getting something out of it. It's right. It's that uh, Luca Brazzi from The Godfather. Yes, was like, exactly. He's tolerated. He's and a monster. And Jarlaxle is always really good at walking that razor-thin line yeah. about being useful while not being directly threatening to his family's well-being. So Bregendareth has existed kind of walking along this razor line for years and years and years because Jarlaxle's that smart. Yeah. Uh, and he, because of his personality, he attracts... Like, Bregendareth has done well for itself over the years. It's got a stellar reputation for being a really kick-ass mercenary company. Mm -hmm. But it also is a place where a lot of male drow who feel undervalued in society can go if they're cast out or if they feel like Menzo Baranzen is too constricting to their career path. Uh, they can they can go <laughs> off and try to uh, join Jarlaxle's merry band. It's kind of almost become like a Robin Hood type thing, right? Very much Where so. It's like, yeah, oh, there's it, it this is thing a dark, in the woods. There is a there is a certain Robin Hood element to it, and part of that is just Jarlaxle's personality is kind of a swashbuckler. He's very flamboyant. He uh, is flamboyant. With his feather in his cap. Often his often he will do nice things for people because it plays to some greater plan or scheme that he has, uh, and because it's nice to be liked. Yeah. Uh, but he operates mostly on the surface of uh, yes. Uh, so now, there's right? only so much drow politics that he can stand, and the in order to really get the autonomy that he wants and the freedom that he wants, he kind of decided to settle on the surface, um, and that way he's only as close to drow politics as he wants to get. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, he'll go back down to Menzo Baranzan to pay family visit or to conduct some business on behalf of Bregan Dareth, but mostly now he, I believe he lives on the surface, specifically in the town of Luskin. That's right, the pirate city to the north. Correct, yes, where he has more sway than most people know. What, uh, we, we've talked about Luskin in the past, but what, what's the current kind of state of affairs there that, that makes it attractive to uh, Jarl Axel? He controls it. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was enough of a badass yeah. to go in and be like, hey, this is my town. So it... Uh, uh, before Bregan Dareth really sort of showed up there and exerted themselves, Luskin was, like you say, a pirate town. And there were five pirate captains who basically kind of shared ownership, if that's the word, governorship yeah. right. of this ramshackle coastal community. And it, you know, it's your sort of hive of scum and villainy. Um, 
But then Bregendareth comes in. They're highly organized, very secretive, very good at killing people. Um, and suddenly uh, Jarlaxle, who's very rich, who has umpteen million magic items, is basically buying everybody off. And now he's got all of five captains on the payroll. Uh, he, uh, being a master of disguise with his, his magical hat and whatnot, uh, he can take on the appearance of human, human form. When you're dealing with somebody that smart, that rich, and that um, skilled at covering up themselves, mm. it's very easy to understand how Luskin sort of fell under his sway. So most people, most visitors just assume pirates run the town. It seems to be that way on the surface. But then you realize, oh, there's actually a shadow lord here who's basically secretly presiding over all the pirates, sometimes pitting them against each other in, in a very drow-like way to make oh, sure like different that houses, the, exactly, like sure different houses. None of them are too strong enough right. to take them out. Exactly. So if they're constantly bickering and fighting among themselves, then he's perfectly safe. But that there's only sense. so much he's willing to stand before it destabilizes everything. So he, again, very good at walking the tightrope of holding on to the reins while not holding them so tightly that people feel like they're being, you know, right. suppressed. And he does this all while organizing Bregan Diorth, which Correct. is something yes. that people know and recognize exactly. and can hire. Yeah, and he's, he's a very good manager. So he's hired a number of underlings, um, many of whom have psionic abilities, oh. which is very handy. Yeah. Uh, to, to basically communicate, uh, deliver messages to him, to communicate amongst each other, to weed out people who shouldn't be in Bregendareth because they might be spies of other organizations and so on and so forth. So it's very, very hard to infiltrate this organization. And Jarlaxle basically personally approves everybody who joins the organization. So he's, he's, he's very, very canny in that way. When Um, I say organization, how... How, How big, big are we actually talking? Is that uh, Bregan a thousand Darth, members? No, like, Bregan Darth is around 150, maybe 200 members. And by members, you mean full drow? Full or? drow, yeah. Uh, you have to basically be a drow to join. Um, uh, you you have to um, – you don't necessarily have to be male. Right. Although predominantly – it's the outcast. There yeah. aren't that many female right. outcasts. Right. Yes. Right. And and given that given the nature of drow and elves in general, there's binary. There's you know. Um, uh, That's right. Uh, the full panoply of sexuality within Bregendareth, but it's a very very small group. As well as gender. Yeah. yeah gender. Uh, uh, sexuality, gender, very fluid um, as elves tend to be, but uh, they're since they're only one fifty two hundred, they're. They're not – they tend to um, not spread out too thin and uh, they rely on sort of extended members, people who don't realize they're actually working for Bragg and Dareth but are. Right. Like so, any good criminal right. organization. Exactly. Yeah. So in addition to the Luskin pirates, you've got other groups you know, in, based in Waterdeep who might not even know that Bragg and Dareth is – Who's calling the shots? The figure that they're talking to is actually a drow in disguise, but they have no way of knowing that. Mm. Um, uh, or they're psionically, mentally controlled into serving the organization. So oh. it's Jarlaxle has very few scruples, um, and he'll he'll do whatever he can to hold the power that he has. And the people who serve in Bregendareth are absolutely unflinchingly loyal to him because he's got that cult of personality. He does, yes. And he's good. He's good. He's a good boss. Is he a good person? As in no. alignment? 
Like, is, would you no. say he's a chaotic? I mean, because uh, yes. Robin Hood, we mentioned that is usually yeah. one of the, the right. archetypes you would, you would that we say that, is yeah, a chaotic, chaotic good character. character. Jarl Axel's not good. Um, he's what is he? Neutral. He he is probably neutral with more. I'd say neutral evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not uh, psychotic. Psychotic. Right. He's not. He he doesn't do it. Yes. For. The evil's right. sake, no. But he doesn't have a lot, as you said, scruples. And right. And the thing about him is, I th- there are things that he admires about people, and if he finds you interesting, he is likely to leave you alone. Mm. There, uh, I don't want to compare him. This is kind of a bad analogy, but if you've seen Silence of the Lambs, yeah, the Hannibal Lecter character, yes, certainly evil, bad, horrible person, yes, but. If you look at his relationship with Starling. Agent Starling, yeah. you see he sees something in her, something sort of good that the world needs and would never want to hurt her for that reason. I think Jarlaxle feels the same way about like adventurers who measure up to his standards. Oh, okay. So like he might assassinate somebody without batting an eye. Um, but if he confronts a group of adventurers, even a group that's opposed to him or maybe their, their goals and Bregandier's goals are in conflict, um, Jarlaxle is more, probably more inclined to want to speak to them and figure out what they're all about before mm-hmm. he steps on them right. or, He's, or brings he, harm upon them. And even if they are troublesome, he might lead them on mm-hmm. rather than like just kill them. Because you never – he's smart enough to know that uh, you know, adventurers can be useful and you know, useful idiots sometimes. <laughs> Uh, and so why why destroy that which you can use? Do those characteristics continue out to the other members of uh, Bregan Um Once you start to get past Jarlaxle and his sort of close circle of subordinates, then it becomes more Wild Westy where Got it. Um, you get a full range of personalities and probably you start to see drow of just more typically evil bent, the actual – People he sends out to murder people aren't Are typically just, b- burdened with any conscience. Uh, they just do it because they're told. Right. Uh, or they do it because they like killing people and Jarlaxle lets them do it with impunity. Right. Uh, and, and in service of some kind of goal that they may not even Some elusive know. goal, which is really just for them, brotherhood. Right. Um, the sense that they belong to something that they could never have had in Menzo Baranzan or any other drow city. This, this sort of this uniform acceptance of who they are, this uh, meritocracy where you are basically elevated through skill. Now, you mentioned a couple of times what uh, Jarl Axel's goals are for uh, Bregan Jarth. Does yes. he have any large overarching goals? Well, funny you should mention that. Um, Jarl Axel is a central figure in our story this year. And um, in in sort of... One of one of the questions we had to decide when we decided that we were going to use him was what is his kind of scheme or master plan, mm-hmm. and what we settled on was this idea that okay, he kind of has Luskin in his clutches, but one of the things he has strived for and not been able to obtain in recent years is legitimacy. In the sense, yeah, it's one thing to be the Shadow Lord, but if nobody knows you're the Lord, then. <laughs> What's the fun in that? Well, man, if you have any kind of ego, that's like the worst exactly. sentence in the world. Right. So now he's thinking, well, I want to take Luskin Big League. Um, I want it to become a member of the Lord's Alliance, which mm. we've talked about before. It's yeah. this alliance. It's this NATO of the of the North, basically. The city states. The city states. Waterdeep, Neverwinter, uh, Mirabar, Mithril Hall, Sunderbar until recently, Baldur's Gate. 
they're all sort of allied with one another in a mutual defense compact against overwhelming aggressive threats. They are supposed to unite and help defend each other. Yeah. Luskin has always been omitted because of its pirate nature, because of its past, because of its uh, past conflicts with Neverwinter, mm-hmm. its nearest neighbor. Um, they These two cities hate each other. So Neverwinter has always said Luskin will never be a member of the Lord's Alliance. As long as right. Neverwinter is a member. Correct. Yeah. And so Jarlax is like, oh, really? <laughs> Let's test that. Uh, so he is, he is gunning for legitimacy and to bring Luskin into the Lord's Alliance. It's actually not necessarily a bad plan. Right. Um, it's, it, it might be good for the North, but he's dealing with resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dealing with years of Luskin's betrayals and aggressions and all that other baggage that he's got. And the fact that he is a drow and being a drow in, on the surface, you have to be careful. Right. There's <laughs> 29 <laughs> yeah. plus novels of, of, about that yes, exactly. uh, by, uh, by Bob and how so, uh, a certain other character. So, so he's, mean, got a, he's, got a, he's got a tall – it's a tall order what he's, what he's aiming to do, but he's got a plan to do it. Uh, I, I feel like uh, to close this out, we should at least also mention his relationship with uh, Drist and the companions and what that that, yes. that means. Yes. Uh, so, so where where do they currently stand? <laughs> well, um, so the last the last novel I read uh, that featured Jarlaxle prominently was Maestro, and oh boy, Jarlaxle has a complicated relationship with. The companions and Drist, and whenever he shows up, he all blood pressures immediately go through the roof. Right, um, because it's like getting a text from an ex. Yeah, uh, in in a way, I mean, because you never he'll tell you one thing, and then you realize several chapters later that what he told you was kind of a lie, and it was really <laughs> aimed at getting something. You know that he wanted all along, which you just found out he just got because of right, it, right? exactly. Yeah, like already, yeah. it he's, already happened. He's, he's playing that seven tier chess game. Yeah. that, you know the companion just like oh, I don't even know what this game is. <laughs> <laughs> I got an axe. I got I'm an axe. Smash some things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he and I think um, I get the sense reading the novels that. This is a little bit frustrating for Jarlaxle. I think he wishes his opponents were smarter. <laughs> so <laughs> like, then, like more of a challenge. And now it's going to be um, the, ha- the the case in Waterdeep Dragon. Whenever he whenever he's dealing with Drist, I I get the sense that he kind of pities Drist because Drist, in many ways, is kind of a very simple creature mm-hmm. who wants very simple things. He wants just like a normal life with with friends and all that kind of thing. He doesn't have the raging ambitions that drive Jarlaxle daily. Right. And I think that's a source of frustration for Jarlaxle that, you know, yeah, if you want to get into a sword fight with Drist, that's kind of a challenge. You, you can He can enjoy that. But um, the 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 banter, the repartee is just not there. It's just not there. It's just like he's throwing rocks off of Drist's head. <laughs> and it's like, come on. Um and and honestly, but uh, it's very weird. Jarlaxle is so um, unpredictable in a lot of ways, definitely chaotic uh, in some sense in that uh, he'll, he'll beat you up and then he'll kind of feel sorry for you and prop you up again. It's like do better and then, right. you know. Be more of a challenge exactly. for me in the future. And I'll come back and we'll see how you're doing and, you know. Um, and I'll beat you down again. I think yeah. I think I think part of it is that he's he's looking for amusement in life, um, 
and not everybody really likes that kind of person around. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Well, uh, here's hoping. Uh, I, I said it before, but I'm going to repeat it that, that the, the player characters who are playing through Waterdeep Dragon Heist, maybe they will be a better yes. foil yes. to uh, Jarlaxle. Uh, and uh, if, they, will likely, they will likely encounter Jarlaxle and not even realize it most of the time. That's the best. Yeah. As a dungeon master. Yeah. It could be any character. He's a master of disguise. Yeah. Yeah. The best, uh, uh, you know, you, you might not yeah. even have known it when you were no, playing that NPC no. three weeks ago, but no. later on you could be like, oh, by in, the way. In Dragon was... Heist, he has a number of disguises. And so he, he shows up in a variety of different roles. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for, uh, to, to hear all the stories of uh, the, what happens at the table when, yeah. that, when that adventure and he's And got, he's got a really cool base in yes. Waterdeep. It is a cool base. Yeah. Which you'll learn more, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, if people have any questions uh, on uh, Bregan Darth uh, as, as pertains to Waterdeep Dragon Heist, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. And if you want to know anything more about Jarlaxle, you probably want to hit up Mr. Yes. R.A. Salvatore on Twitter as well. He is absolutely he is he is the he is the the daddy of Jarlaxle in terms of um, having brought the character to life for so many years. Exactly. Uh, so we should have him on again soon and uh, talk more about this. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Laurie Chanel. We'll be back uh, next week. <laughs> Insane the brain. Uh, so now you know everything you need to know about uh, the, the drow, right? Yes. Like the Breg and Darth and how they're going to figure in the city of Waterdeep. Right? Another great dinner party nugget. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to drop you this. Know. Did you know? Hey, if you ever like, are you know looking for some small talk, faltering in a conversation, Lori should know is exactly what you want to be Ex- dropping in there. Those are my kinds of uh, dinner table conversations. Absolutely. Yes. Like, did you know that Jarl Axel? Was a member of one of the like strongest houses what? in yeah. Menzo Baranzan. Greg, you don't say. Yes, House Benray. <laughs> How's huh? Benray? He's an outcast, but also like so likable as a character. Yeah, right. The best kinds of characters, just like Captain Kirk. Right. Right. Yeah. Another common topic of conversation around my dinner table. Ah, uh, oh, the Tito House. So, Shelly, what's it like introducing a, an interview that you were not a part of? Well, this one's sad a little because I re- think I really would have loved this conversation. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure that you held down the fort and I'm sure you, you did a great job for both of us. I didn't really – I didn't ask enough questions. I didn't do it's enough research. Because you know too much. That's – my job is to just – know as little as possible going into everything. Right. And then I can ask genuine questions. That's right. So with that in mind, listen to me do this interview. Listen and, to you being uh, too knowledgeable. Take some notes about how I can be more like Shelly. Oh, no. And let me know about them all in the outro. You can't be more like Shelly. <laughs> it's impossible. We need to have somebody who knows what's going on. <laughs> I guess, all right, that's fine. We can't be too, too Lift clueless. Lift you up. Oh. All right. Well, I will lift up uh, Serena Marie and Brandon Stennis in this interview. I'll okay. try it on my own. Can't wait. I don't know if I can do it. I can't wait to hear it. Take a listen. Yeah. Are you ready? Are we, we're already recording. So, hi. Welcome, you guys. Good to see you. And, and hear you. How's Hello. it going? We have Serena Marie and Brandon Stennis from uh, Rivals of Waterdeep, but you guys have extensive careers beyond that as well. But that's that's how uh, many D and D fans will know you. How are you guys doing? Good, good. 
Uh, I uh, met you guys at the stream of Many Eyes for the first time. That was really exciting. We had talked a couple of months ahead of time, but it was uh, really great to have that first session of you guys uh, play uh, on oh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brandon. <laughs> that day, I was so nervous that day it was happening. Like, uh, like months before, obviously, we had the conversation. And I've never played D&D before, but I've always had an interest in it. And, like, leading up to that whole show, it was, it was, it was just like, it was like a movie to me, like, slow. Slowly, like we were prepping and we were talking to each other, trying to figure out how it was going to go. And ultimately, like, you know, the show went well. And it was just really amazing to see how many people enjoyed it. And like our first like time being out there was was really cool. Yeah. I loved it. I love that story of uh, uh, having folks who were excited to play but had never found that chance. I thought you guys, you know, many of you in that had that same story. Wasn't that true for you too, Serena? Did you did you always play D&D or I knew you had an improv background. Yeah, I do have an improv background. Um, I've played, prior to D&D, other RPG games. Um, but I've been playing D&D with the Dungeon Rats for about two-ish years. Wow, two years. So, mm. But it's um, the way that we play is very um, based on like comedy and being silly in the, the role-playing aspect, like with the, the rules and a lot of like the cr- crunchier things. Uh, I know I kind of... Uh, am easily or you know was confused but it was it was nice coming into it and being like oh I I do know I can help people who are newer than me I'm not the new one. <laughs> oh, nice you had leveled yeah. up in in D&D play <laughs> I did oh, that's cool uh so yeah talk a little bit about your, your your background Serena as far as you know before the Dungeon Rats did, did you did you know you, you were just improv so but had you not uh, yeah. What was what was your 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 reaction when someone was like, "Let's start playing Dungeons and Dragons together"? So, um, back in Arizona, um, I had like a you know small like role playing group, and we'd play like um, other RPGs and um, those worlds. Like being an actor and playing tabletop games, like were very separate to me. So. When um, Carlos and Pat approached me for the idea of the Dungeon Rats, and it originally was not a podcast, it was supposed to be um, like a Twitch stream. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, right. I was like, okay, I, uh, yes, I will do this <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, but it ended up being really cool. And even I feel like because with improv, like you're a character for like, a scene and then you're not that character anymore. You don't have to worry about it. A lot of times like the jokes are really, really fast, but they're really fleeting. Right. With, you know, D and D you get to really dig in and figure out what your character sounds like. And I think that's really neat. That is cool for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and Brandon, you had said you were interested in D and D. When was, what was, when did you first hear about Dungeons and Dragons? Um, like I've always heard about it like when I was younger and of course like with Twitch streaming I would see like you know different streamers like doing uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, but I just never had the opportunity especially friends back home to to play the game and when this came up I was like all right, I'm going to dive myself into this and we're going to see where it goes. But I was really excited just because I love role playing games in general. And I love like trying to make up characters and build stories and things. And I felt like this was like an opportunity that I should try to play the game. And it's just just like 
it's been really cool. I've had so many qu- crazy experiences, like just playing for the first time and having it live on stream. Um, like a few <laughs> weeks ago, I had, um, I feel like, yeah, I was the kid growing up. Um, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had a really crazy experience of a few weeks ago when we were doing a game and like there was a decision that Ren had to make my character. Oh. And we're, I was like, I would never give away my weapons and things like that to gamble. And, but it, like quickly in my head, I was like, well, Ren would do that. So let's just go ahead and do it. Um, and I, I just <laughs> experiencing all these crazy things that like I have really been enjoying this game a lot and it's gonna be weird I've been talking about um like when it ends like I don't know how I would play with some like other people like I don't know if I character you know what I mean it's just like I've kind of grown to love this character so much and and like building him to be this kind of like person that I I would want to be and very charismatic and all that stuff and it's just been really cool that is cool. Right. So, yeah, I mean, coming from a, a, a video game RPG background, you don't have yeah. that mutability of being able to, oh, this is how, you know, there's not that much difference between player and character. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And with D&D, or at least the way you guys have been playing it, you have been very true to, OK, no, this is a conception of, of a, you know, it might be a facet of you, but it's not you and you mm-hmm. can remove mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I think that's the big step from people who are like, oh, used to playing, you know, like a Skyrim or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long have you been streaming for? Um, oh, I've been streaming for ooh, four years. <laughs> I just had to think about that. <laughs> four years, um, and then I've been partnered for two years. Yeah, so next year will be year number three as a partner on Twitch. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels like Twitch has, has uh, infected so much of the gaming world right mm-hmm. like have, and yeah. you've seen that did you know about that when you started doing it or did you just do it as a lot oh a- absolutely not like i i started it as like a marketing thing for my old uh gaming website um and then i learned that you can't really market a website via twitch so i just kind of <laughs> started streaming on my own and i d- had no idea what i was doing and then it kind of just blew up into this thing where it got me to like my job now and all these opportunities i'm doing now um and now it's kind of crazy to see like friends who i've known for years like diving into twitch now because like four years ago no one knew what twitch was and yeah. i was like the lonely one out on the outside and to see it like kind of grow and people like getting excited and being a part of it it's been pretty cool that is really cool um, so, uh, well, we, you know, we, we've been talking around your characters a little bit, but, uh, Serena, why don't you talk a little bit about what your character is, uh, on Rivals in Waterdeep and, 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 and what, what they're all about. Sure. Um, I play the character, um, Ashbourne. She's a half elf, uh, ranger and she has, um, I'm just, I'm discovering more things about, because I, when I built her. My claw. <laughs> um, so originally I was like, oh, it would be really cool to have this like unique um, barrier for me. Like I like um, when I build characters, I like having um, big flaws or things that they have to overcome or get used to or um, things that keeps me as a um, actor off balance too. Cause that's really fun for me to play. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she has, um, this claw arm talon and a, um, best friend buddy named chips who is a little Fox and he's so cute. <laughs> 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 um, but it's, it's interesting, um, as a player deciding all these things about your character and then in game there's stuff about my claw arm that I don't know about right now that Arama's introducing and it's really uh it's really cool uh because it's bigger than I thought it would be 
Yeah, I love yeah. that about D and D. Is like you can be, you can have this idea for something that's, uh, you know, oh, this will just be a cool detail, whatever. Yeah, doesn't even have to be explained. And then uh, a good dungeon master uh, like Aram uh, Vartian, who's of course been 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 running this game for you guys, will always take advantage of that as much <laughs> as possible. Yes. <laughs> Um, but, um, she's very much like a lot of my favorite characters to play. She's like really rowdy and brash and she, um, I like just to make choices. Like I don't like, uh, like deciding on what the best choice would be. Like I'm really impatient as a human. So (laughs) I just like just diving in and just like doing it, even though I know as a player that it's probably the wrong choice. Yes. Yes. That that, that will happen very often (laughs) when you, when you play the instigator. Yes. Yeah, I, I always end up being that person in the party because I think, like you, I'm not very uh, patient. And so there will be <laughs> lots of times where I'm like, why are we talking about this, guys? I'm just going to run in and start <laughs> hitting just stuff. Just mess stuff up. Yeah. That's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. I rolled a, uh, a random character on uh, D&D Beyond because I was going to play in a game here. I'm like, oh, I didn't have time to make a character. So I'm just going to do this and, and do whatever happens. And uh, the character had a, uh, I think she had a 17 intelligence and a four wisdom. Mm. So I was like, all right, she's really bookish and wants to learn as much as she can, but she's going to f*** up a lot. She's going to mess <laughs> things. No street smarts. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it fits perfectly into being that type of character. It's like, I'm just going to fight. Let's just, you know, make it happen. I love that. <laughs> uh, Brandon, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about Ren? What's, what's Ren all about? Yeah, uh, I, I play Ren Leadon on Rivals of Waterdeep. Uh, he is a high elf sorcerer um, who has a obsession with gold. Uh, if you ever like seen the show or like the first one, at least um, he has like gold, like all over the place. He has like gold ears as well. Um, he is he was an orphan. Uh, just living on the streets and, and just been obsessed with gold because he wants to have like a life of, you know, being wealthy and successful because he wants to outdo like what his life has been like in the past. And so he's met all these people in the party. And now like, this is like the first like family he's ever gotten. Um, so we're, I'm kind of trying to like push this character into a way of like, you know, he's learning along the journey and, um, but also, like, he goes back and forth between his morality, if he should, like, you know, be a thief or if he should be this kind of stuff. Um, but, like, he's learning a lot through everybody that he meets. So it's been it's been pretty cool because I, I feel like a little bit of myself in it. Mm. And so I kind of threw a little bit of the uh, characteristics of myself into him, but also, like, things I would never do, obviously. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much Ren. That's pretty now. cool. <laughs> I, that's the best when you're starting off, you know, is having like having a character like turned a little bit to the to the right or yeah. left, right? Like something that's mm-hmm. like a, you know mostly me, but a little bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once you get into you know crazy demon claws, then you <laughs> 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 that's when you've graduated to to the to the next <laughs> level. <laughs> so you guys at the stream many eyes, I definitely saw uh, that the the two of you. Uh, had this crazy bond. I don't know if I, I, it was just yeah. apparent to me that the two of you uh, latched onto each other. And it was, was it true that you had not met before we were planning the show? Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I, that's so funny because I was actually just thinking about that. I have like a really, I have a really good uh, friendship with Serena. Like we even had a conversation like the day of, like we were doing um, right before the stream. And I was trying to figure out like what kind of voice I was going to give my character. I didn't know what I was going to do. And she was just like, okay, think of it like this. And like, I was like, okay, she's right. Let's just do it. And like, I just felt like our two characters 
characters were just like kind of like a brother sister kind of situation. Um, and I, sorry, I don't know why I get all emotional. Jeez, <laughs> are you crying already? <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. Um, but Serena has been a very a good friend, and I I knew when I first met like everybody, I just felt like and we took a picture together beforehand. I was just like, I feel like I'm gonna be friends with these people outside of this game, and. Um, I don't have a lot of friends back here at home, so it's been really nice to kind of meet people like outside of my usual circle who are just generally nice and and we're enjoying this game so much and it's been pretty cool. So, I, God, I'm just oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Sorry. Hi. No, I um the I'm not gonna get emotional. I've decided, <laughs> but um, I didn't realize that was the Barbara Wal- Barbara Walters yeah. of D and D interviews here. That was totally unintentional. That was a softball question. Come on, <laughs> sorry, already sorry. Um, no, I when I first met uh, Brandon, um, we all like try to meet each other a little bit before the stream started, just to get to know each other because it was essentially two groups like. Um, the Dungeon Rats, God's Fall, like Neon Rivals Collective, the three of us, and then um, four people we've never met before um, and only we're talking to online. And so to put a face to like the, the chat bubble um, exceeded any of any expectations I've had. Everybody is so kind and genuine. And um, yeah, when I, I knew I was going to be friends with Brandon when we were at the bar we met at, mm-hmm. and I was... I'm a lightweight. I had two beers and I'm like, you know, (laughs) um, I was like, we need to take a picture. And I was really aggressive about it. (laughs) Just like your character. Just like my character. (laughs) And he was just, he was equally like, yes, this is exactly what we need to do. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, and so I, I do remember the moment that Brandon was talking about in the dressing room. Um, I know uh, we were in the green room before, like it was like 10 minutes before we actually had to walk on that stage. And um, I thought like people were like, we're figuring out like what voices and like their mannerisms. And it was all like trying to figure it out. And I just like whipped around and I, in my character voice said, um, I have something in this box for you, Rin, what is it? Mm-hmm. And just to make him improvise through it. Yeah. And um and then we just did this like mini little scene together in the room. And it like, it helped me too, cause I was also very nervous. But um, as soon as that happened, we both were like, oh yeah, we got it. Yeah. Like, it's just fine. Oh, that's mm. cool. I love that. So all you needed was just a, a, a quick little role play uh, yeah. warm up. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I had the idea to, you know, reach out to Tanya to pass uh, and see if she uh, had any folks who would want to play Dungeons and Dragons. And then I knew Aram uh, had been working with you and Carlos uh, uh, for Dungeon Rats. And there was like this, maybe this try, you know, putting them together, <laughs> this might actually work. But I don't know if you knew that. I was like checking up with uh, both, I think, Tanya and Aram after you guys had first met up just to be like, is it cool? Are you guys, oh. are, are you guys oh, all right? I didn't know that. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know. It was one of those things where it's like, I, I think they're going to really gel together. But, you know, who knows about personalities, right? At, you know, yeah. when they get thrust, you know, in into the same, 
you know, stressful environment, that doesn't always work out. And it, hearing the, the the love that you guys have expressed to each other, and as well as, you know, the, the day before the stream of many eyes, where uh, that was the first time I met many of you uh, at the, uh, the little mixer party ahead of time. I mean, it was mm. just so nice to have this outpouring of, of love, not only for, um, you know, each other, but for just like being there and being a part of it. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a, a great experience. And I, I, I said this a few times, like even after that event, like I felt like just being a part of the show, seeing so many people like with so many positive reviews and or responses. And I felt like I was doing something for the first time, like that was bigger than just me. And mm. that I felt like we were representing a lot of people who haven't been able to have a voice or be out there like just, you know, playing D&D and tabletop gaming. And it's just been such a crazy experience to see like fans, like, you know, drawing pictures of us and, and, yeah. and people like after the first day was already happening and like I had like my first fan art of my character like within like a day and I was freaking out because I didn't know like it was gonna come that way and um it's just been so 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 crazy in a good way and I I'm just been really excited about this whole whole entire d d experience and hopefully like doing more of it but Absolutely. I'm scared to let my character go <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let him go don't yeah. let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to him with your <laughs> claws. Claw uh, hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so adorable. Yeah, it's it, 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 the outpouring of fan art from uh, that first day was a surprise to me too because I was just like, "Whoa!" That, this like hit a nerve immediately. People were just super excited about the 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 different characters that you were bringing to to life, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome. Uh, and so now that you've got like you know. Five weeks, right? Five or six weeks under your belt. You know, do you feel? Uh, uh, I don't know, Brandon. Do you feel like a little bit more experienced? Like you're like, all oh, right, this is not such such a a new thing anymore. Yeah, it's definitely like I've you know I'm still learning, and of course, like all the different spells and stuff, I gotta keep that up. But um, I, I feel more confident <laughs> now than I did like probably a few weeks ago before I started. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm still learning, and it's it's been really cool just to see all the different characters who like what they can do, and and learning the rules and stuff has been really interesting to me because uh, I've always like seen it. You know, obviously on Twitch streams and things like that, but like actually like playing it has been a really cool experience. Yeah. And we always tell people, like, that's always the uh, fallacy with some folks who they think about, oh, I can't get into Dungeons & Dragons because I have to know every single spell or I need to know mm-hmm. all the rules. And it's like, no, you just got just to gotta play, right? Yeah. Right, Serena? Is that how you learned? That's huge. That's exactly how I learned. And that's how I was trying to teach people, which, I mean, can be good or bad depending on, like, what they're trying to do. Um, but I'm just like, just d- dive in. Just pick whatever you want to pick and we're there to help you too. Like if you have uh, questions about like your modifier or any of the other crunchy stuff, like we all have each other. So mm-hmm. it's, there's no pressure. Somebody at the table will know. Yeah. 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 That's always yeah. the thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, even as a dungeon master, like somebody else will know the rule or whatever, and you can just kind of mm-hmm. go with it. It's not, you know, an exhaustive list of every single uh, memory. You know, even people I, I, in the office here who make the game, they're not sure. They look it up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's just part of it. It's almost, the, I think the one skill that is uh, a good one to have is knowing where to look up stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. not, you don't have to memorize it all, but you don't need to know where to go to get the information that you need. That That is definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to go back to something you said before, Brandon, about... 
you know, some people in the streaming world who play a lot of video games uh, and, and me being in that camp uh, as far as going home and shutting down and, like, only looking at my computer screen, um, having a game like Dungeons & Dragons where you're face-to-face and interacting with people on a social level, uh, uh, even you guys who are doing it for a stream, like, for entertainment, like, that's got to be a big, a nice change of pace for someone who only streams from your apartment by yourself. Oh, yeah. Right? It's nice to actually see people. I will say that. Yeah, just, like, being around people and, like, socializing. Because, like, I work from home. I work remotely. So I'm always, like, in this room constantly. So it's really nice to, like, get out, like, you know, on Sundays to just go and and play the game and get to interact with people. Um, And um, I I, I forgot where I was going with that one. But it's nice to see people. Right. (laughs) Well, and I think that's been the appeal for a lot of, uh, you know, not just uh, people in this generation, but parents dealing with kids who are coming up at this time, which is so mm-hmm. much about, about you know, the screens and where you get the stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty, of it, as I said, of anybody else is. But um, it's so great to see folks uh, getting uh, around a table and playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And more and more people are, like, flocking to it, I think, now is one of, it's mm-hmm. one of my pet theories is, like, because we're in such a digital – world and so much of the media we consume is, is that way people are now going back to D because of that campfire storytelling mentality right mm-hmm. have you experienced that with other streamers who are like man i don't want to be by myself i want to do other stuff with other people like you are oh yeah i definitely have a few friends who uh have like reached out to me and said hey could, i want to be a part of a dd group and and i've told them like you know i just there, there's a lot of streamers out there who, if they just like connected together, they probably could do it. Um, there's also like I noticed now there's a uh, community now on Twitch of streamers who like are doing shows and different things like that in different streams. So uh, it's starting to get more popular, especially just like streamers who do their solo stuff and trying to get people together. Um, it's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, hopefully we can be that catalyst to get more uh, yeah. uh, people doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Are you going? Are you going to TwitchCon this year? I will be at TwitchCon, yeah. Yeah, I will be there. I will too. I'm excited. I, well, nice. I'm definitely going to have at least a few invites for you to to come be All a part right. of what we're doing there because right, that's good. really what I want to do there is 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 connect with other streamers and be like, okay. you're so adjacent to what Dungeons and Dragons is, but come to the other side, come <laughs> make it be fun. You like Skyrim? You could do it for reals. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Go over that mountain range. See what's mm-hmm. on the other side, right? Oh yeah. So that'll be that'll be exciting. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Serena, you've, you're going to, uh, Gen Con, right? I am. It's going to be your first time. Yes. I am very excited. I'm nervous. We're, um, going with, uh, the Dungeon Rats and God's Fall and all of the Neon Riable people. And we're doing six panels or I'm doing six panels. I counted them last night and I was like, Oh, (laughs) 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 while doing some gaming in between. Yes, gaming, and I'm going to be cosplaying as um, both my character from Rivals and my character from the Dungeon Rats Bugfly. Nice. So I'm excited. <laughs> I, I, I like Bugfly a lot. <laughs> I really, I, I think I listened to like to the two or three of your the, the first streams, and uh, you guys make me crack up way too much. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> Just a giant child or a regular sized child. A regular sized child. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's exciting. I can't wait to get your after action report at, uh, of Gen Con and, and see what it was like. You know, I, it's, it must be uh, insane for someone to walk into that for the first time in 2018. It's going to be, uh, you know, yeah, I know we're um, your eyes. Right. We have a big uh, Airbnb. There's like eight of us. 
Mm. And it's going to be like the real world. Can you please game. record an intro that's like that? It's like eight <laughs> not strangers picked this house to live in. in. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to hide in the closet for my confessional. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> can you believe it? He made bacon and it stank up the whole house. But I ate it all because it but was I delicious. <laughs> uh, yes, I want to. I want to uh, uh, see all of those video diaries <laughs> all weekend long. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we. I mean, we mentioned uh, uh, Carlos Luna and uh, Aram. What's it been like uh, working? With, I mean, he's such a great dungeon master. What's? I, I'm jealous that you guys get to play with him every week. He is unbelievably creative, um, and I just the way he speaks is really pretty. I mean, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Intonation of his voice. Um, but yeah, it's it's always really surprising uh, the turns that happen, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just it's a really engaging experience. Yeah, I would say for myself, um, one of the main reasons I've gotten so into it is because of, you know, the storytelling. And I, I'm like, I can imagine this stuff happening. And and if it was just like someone who didn't know what they're doing, I, I probably would be like, oh, OK, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, but <laughs> uh, but just like the story developing and, and where our characters are going and, and, and all the different like turns, like Serena was saying, it's it's been pretty interesting to kind of develop my character within the story and then um, seeing where it's been going. And that it, I've been really engaged with the story because it's, it's, it's incredibly told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And, uh, uh, you know, shout out to, to Carlos for coming in and helping doing some troubleshooting, uh, for the video this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure. Like <laughs> uh, but I love that he's, you know, kind of, a, you know, adopted knock knock as being, it's, there, there was a point where he was going to play all the NPCs, right? Yes. Yeah. He was, um, is supposed to play all the NPCs. And then um, during the stream, we're like, oh, it's not exactly going to work with the format. So we're like, I think a couple of days before he just threw together Knock Knock. He had no idea where this uh, beautiful half orc was going to take him. And he just doubled down on everything. And it, it was, it's so funny just to hear him like a couple of days before being like, oh, I don't know. I think I'll just do this thing. Oh, it'll be fine to this cool character. I think it's like a testament to like just how talented he is. Yeah. You know, as a role player. For sure. Cause yeah, you, it's the, you just thought it was going to be a throwaway, like, oh, I'll just do this for one session. And then yeah. it ends up being, you know, the, this fan favorite almost. Mm-hmm. Right. Truly. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, and then, of course, Cicero Holmes is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He makes me crack Aaron. up all the yeah. time. PU. He is so funny and also evil not Cicero Cicero is wonderful but, <laughs> but parents sometimes will say something and it's it'll go from really funny to really like chilling mm-hmm. and yeah. it's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah like that episode uh where uh parent like uh did the thing to the uh, what was it the brothers I think oh and, like, yeah yeah and, and we kind of re- referenced it on this uh, week's episode about how like we were fighting the the like I think it was the siblings or it was a sister of the brothers that we all fought and it was it was you could see his character just being kind of has like he's crazy but like he's also really cool. <laughs> we can like, be friends with him. He's fine, yeah. yeah. 
Super chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we don't want to mess with it. We can mess with everybody else, but not us. Yeah, mess with your mind. Like, yeah. Cool. yeah, I know that is when they're always so nice and, and and laughing, and then you're like, but there's a there's a dark side. Oh, there, yeah. there can very much be a dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, it was also great, uh, being able to hang out with Tanya to pass, uh, at the stream many eyes and get to, uh, 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 you know, see, uh, see her a lot beforehand leading up to that, but her character has been lots of fun, uh, as well mm. as Sharif's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just love that whole group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love Tanya. I yeah. love Tanya so much. Her character has the most genuine and realist reactions to like the craziness around us. Like, yeah. <laughs> her character is like the voice of the audience, the voice of reason. And yeah. like Rin and I are like running, probably gonna get kidnapped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, and then uh, Shaka, or Sharif's character, Shaka, is cool because. Uh, He's really like analytical, and I've mm. never, um, I've done uh, uh, games before, and they've always been with like comedians or people who like are more again for the RP aspect. But mm. he's so into solving the puzzle and mm. figuring out the strategy, and that is, uh, it's that's really cool to watch because I've never experienced um, another player like that before. Mm. Oh yeah, I guess that would make sense if you come from a a, a more D and D as entertainment background. You know, it's all about getting the laugh. But there is, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you know, there are people who enjoy the more tactical, you know, how are we going to get through this by, you know, taking the least amount of damage type player. Right. And that's. Yeah. It's that meld that makes this game great, I think. And it does sound like every single every single character has, you know, uh, a little bit of the player in them. Yeah. Yes. That's why, 100%. That's why this game is so cool. You know, you can just do, it's, it's me, but it's a little bit different me. And when do you ever get to do that, you know? That's true. Yeah. Right? That's, that's why I, I, I love it so far. So it's been, been cool to just like be not myself, but be myself. Right. right. It's like taking a, a part of yourself that either you really like about yourself or you think is strange and then just like amplifying it to like a 10 and following that and figuring out where that leads you. Mm-hmm. That's like, so fascinating to me. It is, yeah. And if you, I think you learn more about yourself uh, mm-hmm. uh, with some of the decisions that that you make in game uh, off off the off the hook. And it's like, whoa, all right. Well, I need to unpack that. <laughs> yes. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Yeah, it's so interesting. So, what, what would you say? I mean, because a lot of uh, what we've been trying to do with uh, the stream, many eyes, uh, but also just Dungeons and Dragons in general this year is like. Uh, dispelling the myth that you it, it, it's hard for new players, right? Like, like, so what would you say to someone who's like, ah, I can't do that. I don't have any time, or you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't play games like that. What would you say to them to be like, no, you should give D and D a shot? Um, well, I, I know for me, like, to, like prepare for everything. I watch a lot of YouTube videos, of course, like tutorials and stuff. Uh, and I kind of just read up on the stuff. D and D Beyond was really good to like, you know, build the character and, and find the spells and all that kind of stuff and, and putting it all together in my head. Um, if you could find a group that has like experienced players, that's very helpful. And that's what's helped me a lot. Like sometimes I, I may get some things wrong and, you know, someone will kind of correct me on that. Um, always ask questions if you if you don't know just ask like i I, i've learned that if i don't know i should just ask instead of just being like i'm just gonna try to see if i can figure out myself because i don't know what i'm doing sometimes (laughs) but um (laughs) but just asking is very helpful uh to get you know all the knowledge and and try to learn as best as you can yeah i think um D &D is storytelling right 
So if you like telling stories and you like people like being around and sh like shared storytelling, then there's no reason why you couldn't try D&D. And because the rules um, are really good um, guideposts and they Im inform your character and they, they do make the game function as, as a game, but no one, there's no such thing as perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect person. So mm -hmm. there can't be a perfect character and there's no such thing as a perfect choice because the choices are just part of the experience. So you have to make them to play. So um, that, I guess, dispelling that fear, um, I would say just to find a group of people you like mm. and that um, you like to have fun with and just try it. Just crack open a book and figure it out together because that's, I don't know, that will make a really fun campaign. Yeah, yeah, it will. Just like yours. Just like your campaign. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I think you both mentioned like, oh, God, I don't want to know where it's going to go in the future. Like where where would you, you know, where do you see uh, Rivals of Waterdeep going, uh, uh, you know, from, from here? Hopefully more. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Um, I, I like I don't know where the story is going at this point, like like towards the end. Obviously, we don't know yet. Um, but I, I, I would love to develop my character more, of course. And, you know, he kind of <laughs> went through a lot this past week. You know, he got married and all this stuff. and um, <laughs> Which is your choice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't blame yeah, I, like, I think I think I'm going to get married, you guys. Let's just do it. Like you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just hope to develop the character more. And then hopefully, like, you know, just us being able to, you know, more of a journey for our characters because I feel like there's more story to tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot more story to tell. I think that um, there's a lot of like really cool seeds planted so far mm -hmm. and um, mysteries. And I'm just curious. I'm curious to see where all of the characters go and um, if they'll be successful or like super fail. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe you'll get, you know, in addition to just one claw, you'll now have two claws. <laughs> that would is that be a amazing. win or is that a loss? I don't know. <laughs> I always wanted to be a lobster. I wanted to role play a lobster for so long. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I have to tell a stupid joke, or not even a joke. When I was a stage manager in uh, in, in New York City, my, my duties was to go and like change the furniture from one thing to the next. And uh, I always used to make my, I was the assistant stage manager. I used to like make my stage manager laugh by doing silly things. There was one, she's, I was like, I'm going to be a lobster. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, watch me on stage. So the whole time I was doing the, <laughs> the uh, uh, scene change, I was doing it in lobster claws. <laughs> And picking oh, up the wow. things. Nobody was watching me except for her, and I would just hear her laughing in the background because it was like during <laughs> intermission. Uh, so I, I have a fondness for lobster claws for that reason. <laughs> oh my god, I love that so much. I uh, I used to work um, as a wardrobe person at the Arizona Broadway Theater, uh -huh. and uh, similarly to your story, um, me and the other wardrobe girl used to really like to be T Rexes, specifically baby T Rexes, <laughs> and. <laughs> And so we would like creep around like the backstage area doing our quick changes and like, <laughs> like picking things to the laundry as little. <laughs> oh my God. Just to make, just to pass the time, right? Just to make we it laugh. Yeah. We had, like six shows a week. Like, <laughs> you got to do something to, to make it fun. Something. That's yeah. awesome. 
<laughs> well, cool. Well, I hope you eventually get both uh, Demon Claws. Uh, I hope uh, uh, we hear more from Rin's story and what's happening there. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, where can people find out? Uh, well, hey, when can people watch uh, Rivals of Waterdeep? Sundays? Yes, Sundays at um, 12 p.m. Central on the D&D Twitch channel. Yeah, uh, And that's, uh, that's 10 a.m. Pacific, is that right? I think so, yes. yeah. 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 Yes, that is right. Time zones are confusing for me. That's why I paused. I was like, wait a minute, what time is it in Pacific? <laughs> exactly. You're like, how is this going to work? I don't understand math. Math? No, I, I don't. <laughs> time traveling is very hard. Um, oh, yeah. We, we don't do it well here. Uh, but what about uh, how people can find out about you guys individually? Uh, Brandon, uh, how can people watch you and, and your channel? Um, yeah, so I stream on twitch.tv slash I am Brandon. I'm also on uh, Twitter at I am Brandon TV because I couldn't get I am Brandon because someone took that. Uh, and uh, I have, you know, I work for Versus Evil, so I do like influencer stuff. So if you guys want to check that out, we have indie games everywhere, all over the place. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. What about you, Serena? Um, you can catch me on um, the Neon Rival shows. I play Bugfly in the Dungeon Rats and Caitlin on Godsfall. And you can also catch me on Twitter at Serena X Marie because someone also had Serena Marie and I had to put an X in between. So that's what I did. That's, that should just <laughs> oh, be. Instagram too. That should just be your middle name going forward. It's like, you know. It's just an X. Serena X. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. You guys are uh, uh, doing wonderful uh, character work uh, as well as work uh, pushing uh, the fun stuff with Rivals. So great job. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes uh, in the future. Yes. It'll be exciting. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you later. So what do you think? I think you did great. (laughs) Oh, my God. So good. It's almost like I've just been holding you back this whole time. No, no, not at all. Oh, God. Because I listen to that and I'm like, this is where Shelly would have come in with an excellently no, excellently like, phrased question. This is where I would have said something dumb about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this I'm so where, glad I wasn't a part oh, of this. Interview. This is totally where I would have derailed the conversation. <laughs> Asking about something that everyone in the room knows already. This is where everybody would be rolling their eyes going, God, she doesn't know that. Not at all. That's what we need. We need so much. So, uh, yeah, that was great. I loved, I mean, I I did love hearing from them and uh, their creativity. They both came from very different areas uh, uh, and brought it all to bear uh, in the Rivals Waterdeep show. And uh, you should watch it as much as you can. It's on Sundays. Uh, uh, I'm going to get the time wrong because I, I actually was time traveling in my head and I actually got the time wrong when I was actually there. Did you actually watch to, them record? Uh, I, yeah, I watched them start. So it's 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, which is... Uh, 12. See, yeah, that's what It's two hours. That's what I thought too. Ahead. But they started a little bit late, I think, yesterday. So that threw me all off. Oh, so anyway, they're always on 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, check it out. They are awesome. Uh, Dungeon Master yeah. Carlos Luna did a fantastic job and he's going to uh, uh, continue going out. And then we're talking about uh, the future, about what's happening in the fall. So there's going to be fun stuff. Cool. Faux show. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we get the heck out of here? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, peanut butter. Um, peanut butter jelly time. Peanut. Not on this flight. <laughs> you know, I had to throw that sandwich away. I threw it away. You're still bothered by this. I think I might be. Oh, yeah. But I obviously don't want to kill anyone with lunch. Wait, why didn't you bring it? Just like keep it in your bag. Why did you have to throw just, it away? I don't know. I felt like this is a bad. long flight across the country. Are we 
Is it still good? I mean, it was refrigerated when I bought it. Yeah, peanut butter doesn't go bad, man. I don't know. Yeah. It felt like it was tainted. I'm like, <laughs> you're a killer, man. Oh, because the, you the, killed the person's allergies got in yeah. the peanut butter and you didn't want to spread like, that? I can't open this. Like, that doesn't work that way. Could kill some, could well, I out. respect you for respecting uh, the wishes. Well, of, I uh, was very attendance. proud of me for having the to think about even asking. Should I not open this sandwich? I, I'm proud of you for that. the person was right next exactly. to me. Exactly. You're a lawful good uh, person, I think, deep down. What if she was allergic to wine? <laughs> then I would have been like, receipt me immediately. <laughs> You're like, I cannot handle this one bit. <laughs> you would see me on Twitter getting pulled off an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Angry mom demands her wine. And then you'd be like, I know her. I don't know her. I, I, know, know. I don't know who that is yeah, at all. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, bearing with us. Uh, I'm so glad Shelly is back. We get to uh, chat again. Yeah. It's back. Dragon it's Talk's back. back, baby. Dragon Talk's back. Talk uh, back, Dragon. So if you want to get in touch with uh, Shelly and, and tell her never to go on vacation again, how could they do that? Nowhere. I don't <laughs> accept I any don't. messages like that. <laughs> but you can tweet nice things to me at Shelly Moo. At Shelly Moo. I am at Greg Tito. Uh, you can ask me anything you want there about the podcast or other podcasts. I know we've been bad about getting specific episodes up here and there on the Dice Camera Action. But oh. like we just, it's, it's been a little bit uh, uh, not as uh, mostly because of Bart. It's mostly I, like if I'm going to throw anyone on the best here, it's, this is all going to be uh, Bart Pelham and Ryan's fault. Whoa. <laughs> Two out of three of those guys are in this room right now. That's true. But only three of them were paying attention. I don't know which the third one was. I don't know how to count. But I do know that uh, if you want to find out about Dungeons & Dragons, uh, go download Dragon Plus. It it. is on your uh, apps in the iOS as well as the Android places. Good stuff going on there. There's a new issue that's going to be dropping out this uh, week uh, of when we're recording this, but uh, it'll be out by the time you listen to this in podcast form. Fresh news. It's good stuff. Lots of good fresh and it's all about kids. We were talking about kids early on in this intro. The kids issue of Dragon Plus is this issue. The kids issue. It's a kids issue. Oh my god! I think Quinn's in it. I think he's pretty much on the face. I think he's the cover. Why is he not the cover? (laughs) He should be the cover on every single Dragon Plus. For sure. You're like if I was the publisher of an online magazine, the editor of that, (laughs) I would put like a hidden Quinn, and you have to find him. Ooh, find the nut puncher. Find the nut puncher. Excellent. Well, if you do, be careful. Check out uh, Dragon Plus if you can. Uh, it's also available on the web at dragonmag.com. Or if you want to just find out about Dungeons & Dragons, go to dungeonsanddragons.com. Hey. Good place to start. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, I think uh, we're all going to get into this cave right Uh-oh. now. And then, oh, what no. Ha- uh, uh, oh, I'm dead. I'm still dying. You're still oh, dying. I'm, I'm dying on a soap opera. I've got a third wind. I got, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> oh.